Oh, Dame Lillard! Uh, what, uh, uh. I hope they win because if this goes out and yeah, they lose, it's going to be really it's sad. It's going to hurt so bad. What's yeah. up? What's Myers up to now? Last I checked, he was at the 25. I think Myers 27. Origins and Adaptations, the Nerd Weekly comic book podcast, and today I am actually joined by my good friend over here. Hello. Uh, this is Anthony. Uh, you probably know him from Reel It In and Biomodded. Cody had prior engagements, so he is filling in for, for him today. Uh, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. How about you, yeah. man? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. This, You know, episode 81, it's always good. Yeah, it's a you great know, time just... to show up. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Not a not like an eighty or a seventy. Eighty one. Yeah, just a random yeah. eighty one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we'll just get right into it, right into the news. Uh first in the news is actually something very shocking. It hasn't happened in a very long time. Batman, one of the best selling comic books uh on the market, has been outsold. Uh and it has been outsold by a very strange title, The Immortal Hulk. Uh, which is the kind of the evolution of the Incredible Hulk, the current issue of uh, Immortal Hulk, and it's being written by Al Ewing, who is a very renowned uh, comic book writer, and that I actually believe is one of the reasons um, this is happening. He he has written New Avengers, he's written Ultimates, which is one of his uh, notorious ones. Uh, and he's written the Rocket. He did the there was a Rocket miniseries, uh, following Rocket Raccoon, and uh, he did that. Uh, so it's really interesting that this writer was able to overtake that. And I've also heard I've read some stuff on uh, Immortal Hulk. I haven't actually read it myself, but I've read that uh, the storyline is really solid. Yeah, I, one of the things I was reading about was that it, it explores the darker side of what it means to be human and the okay. idea that um, it's not always necessarily bad. Like, people can use anger or despair in a way that can help them get through certain things within their life. And okay. that's kind of what he is doing with the character of the Hulk, nice. where the Hulk is a little bit more vicious than ever before and, like... Um, he kind of tells like his uh, description of how he views um, Bruce Banner and the Hulk is in the way that uh, Amadeus Cho, correct, mm -hmm. um, yeah. viewed it, where that when he is Hulk, Bruce is more a conductor trying to um, direct a runaway train. Yeah. And in the Immortal Hulk, he doesn't have as much control as okay. before. So he's a little bit more unhinged. Okay, um, so, than ever before, and it kind of embraces a little bit more of a darker side of yeah. this all-powerful being and what happens when he kind of, like, instead of turning his focus towards evil, he's kind of turning his focus more towards the world, which has kind of shunned him in, obviously, past yeah. before. Oh, yeah, to the point where they sent him on a rocket to a different galaxy. <laughs> yeah, you gotta go to a <laughs> galaxy new planet, buddy. <laughs> and then killed his uh, family. Uh, 
accidentally, you know, they just put a self-destruct sequence that was like a nuclear bomb. Inside. It, ha- it happens it to the happens best of us. happens to everyone, yeah, you know. Just, just last Tuesday. It was, yeah. Or <laughs> we Tuesday. Choose, we chose different <laughs> days. Tuesday, you know, so your Wednesday. Wednesday is my Tuesday. Yeah, yeah so, it totally makes yeah, sense. Definitely. Uh, then next on the comic book list is um, Oni Press, uh, notorious for... Uh, a series that is near and dear to my heart, which is Scott Pilgrim versus the World, uh, recently just merged with Lion Forge com- uh, Comics, which I actually haven't read too many of theirs. I know that they're both Northwest, like they both are based out of the Northwest. Well, Lion Lion Forge is actually based out of St. Louis. Oh, like its biggest one. They do they do they have, have they do have stuff okay. in their Northwest. Like their most famous stuff though is a Care Bears line. Really? Yeah, that's like oh, actually one nice. of their their claims to fame is oh. uh, a Care Bears. That's comic nice. Book. Uh, the other line that they're all Oni Press is known for recently is the Rick and Morty yes, series. Rick and Morty, uh, which I've heard is actually a really good mm-hmm. um, adaption of the TV show. Uh, but because of this, uh, the sales. Oh, that's two different lines. Um, it's just an interesting fact. Uh, I I think it's always interesting when. Merges happen, merges happen, and they can create awesome companies or they can ruin the companies. Um, but DC merged. Uh, it was Action Comics merged with Detective Comics. And before Mar- Marvel was Marvel, it was actually Atlas Comics. Uh, so there's been a lot of just mergers with companies. I know that Vertigo merged with DC and is now under DC. And then DC stopped Vertigo and now is trying to bring Vertigo back. It's uh, like a whole new weird thing. but Yeah, I think one of the more interesting things about the mergers is, too, is that Lion Forge, even though it doesn't necessarily have a go-to series, yeah. um, Gail Simone okay, is... Who's a, huge. Yes, she's, she's major. A huge writer. Yeah, yeah, she's a part of Lion Forge. Okay, But then also sense. Lion Forge is known for giving people of color a chance to break into the comic books. That's and that's right. And that's kind of their, their calling card. Calling they don't card. necessarily have like major lines that yeah. everyone reads, but it's, it's trying to give people who a minority within mm-hmm. comic books a chance to come in and Which break Which this into merger it. might affect if Oni yes. Press has something to say about it that might stop some things from happening, but I don't think so. Oni Press is usually known for their, like, uh, I mean, the guy who wrote Scott Pilgrim is a an Asian out of Toronto, so it's like, you know, yeah, if, and they're if known it for having minorities write some of their biggest stuff. Yeah, and if it wasn't for the fact that Lion Forge has based itself on it, yeah, I I would agree with you. Maybe that's something that would be lost in translation, but yeah. because it's kind of their main calling card, I think it's when you make a merger, that's one of the first things that comes out is like, hey, we're like, we want to merge with you. This yeah, is yeah. something that we have to keep. Yeah. So. so that'll be interesting. Yeah, that'll absolutely. Cool to see. I need to read more of theirs. I also just haven't read a lot of indie stuff, so... Um. So image much, so much to read so image, little time. Image is like the you know, it's the go to indie. And then after that is probably like Boom and IDW and then Oni Press was my next one and then all these other ones that I haven't w- even would you say the major ones you would say would be Marvel, DC and Dark Horse? Would those be So Dark Horse if you asked me ten years ago, Dark Horse, yes. Uh, I I think Dark Horse has fallen. Yeah. Um, image is actually up there. It is now you Marvel do, you DC. You do see image. quite a bit of image. Yes. Um, I would say that is the the three big uh, comics comic based things. Uh, the reason Marvel and DC are so special is that they 
are connected. The stories within themselves are connected, where as with Image or Dark Horse or Valiant, uh, not a lot of their their original content stuff, you know, deals with each other. It's all separate, its own thing. Um, where Valiant has a little bit of that. Uh, there is a comic actually called Valiant where everyone from all the different properties comes together and fights a being of something, uh, of some sort. I read, I read it. I actually think I have it. Uh, I just, it was really confusing uh, to read. <laughs> uh, they don't do as good of a job as Marvel and DC of being like, we're throwing these random characters at you and, you know, they're just going to be who who they are. Yeah, no so. no one can quite touch the the crossover events yeah. that Marvel and DC has the you know, ability to. Obnoxious crossover events, but <laughs> No, everyone loves <laughs> them. Everyone loves them. They're you the know? Best. You want to read this? Well, go read these five other comics that you weren't really caring about. Yeah, That's... just the, just that are in the middle of an arc yeah, yeah. and you're going to get a couple of panels that pertain to the whole over crossover, but not the yeah. whole issue. Like, My favorite is when uh, a certain character gets shot in the head in another comic, and they have to change the entire comic because of it. Mm, I'm pretty yeah. sure I know what you're yeah, talking about. Good old Rick Grayson. <laughs> I can't stand Tom King. <laughs> why? You I even, like Tom you can, King, but why would you do that? You can't even be like semi-creative about it. Like, so hey, dumb. I got, a, I got a great idea. What happens yeah. if his name wasn't Dick Grayson? Yeah. It was... Rick Grayson. Grayson. Well, why would he have that name? Because he got amnesia, and all he knows is his it, name is Richard Grayson. It reminds me of Star Wars yeah. when they're talking about uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and they're just like, Ben Kenobi? Do you mean old, old Ben? ben? <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah, that's How exactly, many other Kenobis do you yeah, know? Yeah, <laughs> like, how many, how many are we talking about right now? Yeah. Yeah. It would be interesting to see, you know, the Kenobi family, see what they were before. You know, we won. I don't believe. <laughs> I don't know. I know that there used to be a book series that followed Obi Wan and Qui Gon when Obi Wan was a Padawan. Yeah, that was a good book series, and then it was decanonized. So don't it doesn't it. matter anymore. Doesn't matter. None of it matters. Uh, comic book sales have actually been their highest they've ever been, um, and that started in 2018. Uh, and it's a it's an interesting time. Because so far this year, they actually haven't been that high. And I think the biggest reason they were so high last year was because of Action Comics 1000. Uh, that was one of the best-selling comics that year. Uh, best-selling comics in the years recently. Um, and then also uh, the, the I want to say End of Watch, and I don't know why I'm saying thinking that, but it's the DC comic line right now. That follows Doctor Manhattan, Doctor Manhattan as he's in the uh, DC universe. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and they well they found out with Rebirth. So Rebirth happened. It was hinted at that it was a cosmic being of some sort that caused New Fifty Two to happen, and uh, one of the hints is one page has the three panel Watchmen thing. And then it has a character, two characters die that are very uh, reminiscent of how certain characters died in Watchmen as well. Uh, and then Wally talks about seeing a creature, like a bluish creature, uh, which 
I believe we find out was Dr. Manhattan, that he was actually the cause of it. He took seven years out of the DC universe because, you know, he can. He's Dr. Manhattan. Um, he, does, he does what he wants. He does what he wants. And so it's them dealing with that whole situation. I know at the very end, they sh- uh, Flash and Batman are talking, and there was like a like a static outburst. And when that happened, like a silver, something silver flew out of it and went into the wall. And Batman finds it later, and it's the smiley button with the blood on it from um, the comedian. So, which is the Watchmen, like, logo. Which is actually really interesting, because originally, when Alan Moore pitched Watchmen, he wanted to use already canonical DC characters. Yes. And then Uh, they're just like, you can't do that. Because his intention... Because he wanted to go dark. Yeah, he wanted to go dark. Some of the characters would have to be killed off. And they're just like, we we can't do that. You got to create your own. And then obviously he created all of those. So that is really interesting to finally see that type of of crossover. So the series is called Doomsday Clock. I don't know why I was thinking End of Watch, but that's a movie. That's a, yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, cop movie, right? Yep. Yep. The same thing. Same it's a thing. good movie. You should go watch the movie. It's great. <laughs> I I should. Have you not you know, seen it? No, I haven't. It is. It is I've a, heard it's a little good. bit of a heartstring tugger. Is it? I'm pretty sure it's. Uh, the director is the guy who did Blade Runner 2049, right? I do believe so. Yeah. Charlie Villanueva. Yeah. Or is that the Danny, old? Danny yeah, Danny. Villanueva. Charlie yeah. Villanueva is an old power forward for the Detroit Pistons. <laughs> oh. I would not know about yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> you would know because it, he doesn't have eyebrows and, oh, okay. he's, and, he does, okay. and he's bald, so you, like he's a. I would know. Would I'd be like, "That's the guy, that's the guy." Well, we don't have too much TV news. I didn't see a lot other than I believe there there's been some teaser stuff for Swamp Thing, um, which it looks good. But I've also heard some bad stuff around the production for Swamp Thing, uh, that they kind of canceled production, and just went, "Oh yeah, the it's we're only making it eight episodes instead of 10 and like the crew was like what <laughs> like yeah. they didn't tell that anyone normally, yeah that normally yeah. doesn't turn that, out well yeah so uh that series is supposed to debut on the dc now which is the universe the dc universe uh streaming service uh there's been speculations that it's the reason it was cut short is because it's not working out uh they didn't they didn't uh apparently expect that people wouldn't buy into the streaming service which, you know. That's, a, that's always a great business plan. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's create this product. I'm yeah. pretty sure people won't buy into it, yeah. but we should probably create we, it. We should create it. Uh, it's interesting. I, I don't know why they thought they could do that um, and have it succeed. Maybe because of the CW TV shows, but I think they don't realize that the people who are watching the CW TV shows aren't comic book fans. So they're CW fans. They're CW fans, and who go and watch a Marvel movie here and there, and so they get kind of like the best of their both worlds. Yeah, they get One uh, Tree Hill meets yeah, Iron Man. Exactly, uh, and that's where the CW shows come out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so they're not the ones that are going out and dropping ten dollars a month to watch TV shows that they 
didn't really care about in the first you, place. You know what's funny is I've actually heard really good things surrounding almost all the TV shows that they have put out. Yes. And if it was a part of, a, say, a Netflix or an Amazon or a Hulu, like, it would be much bigger. Like yeah. It, would, it isn't necessarily on the same quality levels as, say, like, Daredevil seasons. It's, it's not. No. I can tell you firsthand. Yeah. Not. But at least it would... It, it would help rival, from what I've seen, it help rival or do better than, say, uh, like the Luke Cage or yeah. Jessica Jones. Yeah. So that ki- type of quality, if it was mm-hmm. on a little bit more of a, a massive uh, ability for output, then it would be much greater. More people would be talking about it yeah. instead of it being off on its own little small, little tiny, streaming service that not many people yeah, exactly. are buying into. Also, it being 10 bucks a month. And yeah, I spend another fifteen 10. bucks a month for Netflix. Yeah, so. and then you know I got Spotify, I got Hulu, I got Amazon Prime. There's too many, too many. Uh, yeah, I, I can say Doom Patrol is pretty fun. It's a it is a fun TV show, and I haven't got into it. But Young Justice season three, I need to get into, uh, and I've heard great things about it. Yeah, the only one that I've seen mixed reviews. I've heard people saying they enjoy Titans, but. I've also heard a lot of people saying the original, their original complaint about it with the teaser trailer is that it's the TV show. Like, that the TV show actually does follow that way, especially with the costume designs, um, specifically surrounding Starfire, when they came out and said, no, she's just that way for the pilot episode. And then the TV show came out. It's like, no, she's that way throughout the entire thing. She's that way, period. Yeah. And it's just weird that. They can't say, hey, we went with this design. Um, we just want you to see where she goes. Yeah. Uh, they came out and tried to defend themselves and just straight up lie about... Like, no, yeah. how dare how, you? How dare That's you? not how it is. Yeah. And oh, by the way, that's exactly... That's exactly how it is. That's exactly how it is. Uh, so not too much in the TV news. That was just an update, I guess, on DC Now. You can actually watch You can actually watch the first episode of, of Doom, Patrol Doom Patrol on, on YouTube. YouTube for free. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a that was a smart play to try to get people into the streaming service. Even plus, you gotta go see Brandon Fraser. I know, like a lot of people forgot he existed. Uh, did you watch the first episode? No, I haven't watched it yet. I need okay, to, it's on the list. Uh, you see him have sex with a lot of things. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, how you phrased things. Things. I mean, it's a they're people. Yeah. I shouldn't say things. Oh, okay. I guess right. I didn't want to spoil. That threw me off a little. I didn't want to spoil things, so I didn't. I guess I should say people. Okay, because you led me down a way yeah. different path. <laughs> no, it's people <laughs> than it's what a, I anticipated. I just don't want to spoil it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So moving on to news. There are MCU lineup rumors. Have you heard this? Yes. Uh, there was a leak on 4chan. Uh, someone came out and pretty much was like, this is the timeline. Uh, and it'll be interesting. We are going to go into spoil- a little spoiler territory for Endgame because there's there's stuff on here that is really interesting. Um, so I'll just start off with the movie's that they say are in active development. And the reason anyone is giving credit to this rumor in the first place is because this person also leaked a lot of plot points from Endgame before it came out, and they were spot on. Like, they were uh, 100% right. So it could be someone who has ties with someone in Marvel Studios, uh, and they're able to just leak some stuff. So the lineup for movies is Black Widow, The Eternals, 
Black Panther 2, Shang-Chi, Doctor Strange 2, Nova, uh, and Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Those are the ones in active development. The ones that we knew about, the Eternals, they've been talking about uh, Shang-Chi. They've been really hyping up as one of the first uh, Asian lead superhero movies. And then Doctor Strange 2 and Black Panther 2, They have those both have been talked about. Yeah, it's no surprise um, to anyone. The Black Widow movie, which I'm actually excited to talk about because what the what I thought the Black Widow movie was going to be is very different what they're saying that it's going to be. Uh, and then plans are for Thor, are for Thor four, Ant Man three, Captain Marvel two, New Avengers, Young Avengers, and Dark Avengers, all big titles. That's like, huge. Those are huge. Something I skipped over. Don't know why. Nova. I mean, we thought we knew it was going to happen. Has to happen at some point. They brought in the Nova Corps in the first Guardians, um, and it's just it is weird that that character hasn't shown up yet. Sneakily, um, one of my favorite Marvel characters. Oh, yeah. I love Nova. Especially his name, which is Richard Ryder, and it's just one of the best names ever because, you know, the implication of that name. I have no idea oh, what yeah. you're talking about, Okay, Andrew. Well, Disney doesn't either, apparently. <laughs> uh, it was, so Nova is actually one of the reasons I started seeing um, the downfall of Brian Michael Bendis of his team stuff and his consistency with characters. Uh, so he made Nova have this like everlasting love with Gamora, uh, which was way out of character for Nova. Cause he was actually, uh, he was in love with Norma or uh, Namorita, who is um, either Namor's daughter or niece. One of the two. Yeah, it's like a um, weird. She's, yeah, she's related to him, but they've had like these uh, this inter like eternal love think, thing. Think Mira going. from yeah, Aquaman. Yeah. Like that's essentially what. Except not into Namor. <laughs> like yeah, she, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that is yeah. Um, right. Oh, oh, if I rem no, isn't Namorita a clone? I thought she is a clone of Namor. I'm pretty sure. I don't. I'll get back to you guys yeah. next week and <laughs> yeah, do some research yeah, on that. Do a little research. Uh, but he is definitely one of the, the characters that Brian Michael Bendis really just destroyed in his run. And then I think he killed him in his run as well. So it's just like, okay, that's cool. Um, and then he started doing the stuff with X-Men and then he started doing stuff with Superman. So it's like, you know, I don't, really enjoy what you do with my characters. Yes. Nova, yeah. fun fun fact, Nova was the first like non-mainline Marvel or any comic book character mm -hmm. that I got into. Okay. So I'm a late adapter into comic books. Yeah. I didn't start reading comic books until I was in my 20s. So okay. like eight years ago. Yeah. And, the, and it had a big part of it had to do with the movies coming out and mm -hmm. the interest. And I read a little bit when I was a kid. But I remember one of the first major comic book shops I ever went into I was looking, obviously, Captain America was my my favy. Yeah. Um, and then I saw a comic book for a Nova Corps, and I was like, that looks awesome. Yes. And I, I bought it purely off of how it looked, and ever since then, like, Nova's just been near and dear to my heart. Yeah, so, he's a cool character. Yeah, he's yeah. a really cool character. When, with that Nova Corps, was he, uh, was he actually Nova Nova? Yes. That? Okay. Because um, I know when he first started out, he was still, he was, like, part of the Nova Corps, but he wasn't, like, Nova Supreme or... No, at the time Prime, he was still Nova like, Prime. yeah, he was kind of like the leader. Okay, he yeah. wasn't just like one of the people. 
Yeah. He's a really cool character. And uh, the interesting thing that you say about that is I actually do think he's one of the uh, most known cosmic characters. Yes. Not anymore because of Guardians, the the movie. But uh, a lot of people don't know is, I mean, I guess they should know because they didn't know about them till the movie, uh, is that the Guardians of the Galaxy were a very, very C team. Like, they were a C-list team. And the fact that Marvel chose them as one of their fir- their first cosmic movie, it was a huge gamble um, that this would even work. But they got the right director and they got the right cast, and it just worked out perfectly. And then perfectly. it just, it was yeah. history from there. Yeah. Because, yeah, you are correct. Before the movies, like, if you ask people to start naming off the the big players cosmic level-wise yeah. or people within the cosmic for Marvel, Nova yeah. would have been, like, yeah, way there. up there. Yeah. Now he kind of isn't just nope, because Guardians Guardians is overtaken. And Nova has kind of been pushed to the side. Uh, Richard Ryder died, and Sam, his replacement, Sam Alexander, I want to say, uh, has not been the best and definitely not the best received. Uh, but yeah, New Avengers and Young Avengers and Dark Avengers. New Avengers is really interesting because uh, that first started, uh, I want to say, when Captain America left after Civil War. Mm-hmm. Like, that's when New Avengers... I think it started as Secret Avengers, uh, and then it morphed into New Avengers. Uh, and then Jonathan Hickman... Uh, the beautiful, wonderful Jonathan Hickman wonderful, uh, yeah. took that New Avengers line and made that the core story for the uh, the incidents, which was the the clashing of the universes together. That was the Illuminati, who consisted of uh, Professor Xavier, not in that one because he was dead, uh, but Mr. Fantastic, Iron Man, uh, Black Panther, Namor, Namor, and uh, Doctor Strange. Yep. They were all on that team, and Captain America was originally on that team. But they wiped his memory. They wiped his memory uh, because he wanted to, you know, not destroy universes, <laughs> uh, entire universes, and that's what they were planning. Um, and then you had the main Avengers line. Uh, Young Avengers uh, is exactly what it sounds like, and I it's... What I, it's the one that I'm actually kind of most excited for to see them bring in the new generation of superheroes. We have uh, four in game that we saw at the very beginning. We saw the grooming of a new Hawkeye uh, with Hawkeye's daughter. And then you have huge spoiler um, Iron Man dying at the end. So that's a, a place for a new Iron Man to rise up. And then you have. Um, Sam Wilson taking over as uh, Captain America. Yeah, and then obviously um, Spider-Man, Spider-Man yeah. is still young yeah. and new to it. But I also still think she's a little bit older, but Scarlet Witch is still on the younger side, Yeah, which would be interesting. And then I do think there is a, a possibility for, apologize if I got her name wrong, Shiri, Black Panther's Shiri. younger sister. Okay, yeah, yeah. I she think, would definitely be. Yeah, I think she could so, be a player. Interesting is I actually could see her becoming the Ironheart. That, that is, she becomes the next you know what? Iron That's Man. actually a really excellent. Yeah, that's a really excellent point. Yeah. That she expands even more on to the Iron Man suit uh, and kind of takes that over because that's she's essentially the female Tony Stark. Yeah. So, 
Or maybe we can get a Miss Marvel and get rid of Captain Marvel. <laughs> just, just, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, hey, you go do cosmic well, yeah, things. You, you do cosmic we'll things. We'll get a new Miss Marvel. And a Captain Marvel too. Oh, yeah, Kamala Khan, if they introduced her, would be fantastic. Uh, one thing Paul Feige did say is they're, they have no plans for X-Men for the next five years. Uh, so, which, in my opinion, is fine. Let this old X-Men series die. Uh, you know, start writing scripts, actually writing good X-Men content um, to introduce them. Because introducing mutants into this whole thing is going to be a pain. Do you think that lines up timeline-wise with, say, a Young Avengers? I think so. So then you could introduce yeah. X-Men. Like, X-Men as a like a young X-Men. If you can give me an actual first class, that would be wonderful, you know. Don't give me Wolverine. Yeah, because it would be easier to write them as, as new players yes. into our current universe yeah. than trying to jump through hoops going, you know, where were you when all this stuff was going yeah. down yeah. type of thing. And I'm excited to see with that new Avengers and Dark Avengers if something happens to the human race where it kickstarts an X-Gene of some sort. Uh, and so then then you have the X-Men happening Um that's when you would have to be wary of someone like a uh, Professor X of like he's grooming them, he's been a mutant all his life kind of thing. Uh it would be really interesting to see what happens there. Um the other rumor is that for Young Avengers, New Avengers, and Dark Avengers, that the person who is behind everything is Norman Osborne. Uh who Which lines up with, with the Dark comic of, books. Yeah, with all of that. It it's interesting because we can't really do secret invasion because we have seen that the scrolls are now good guys, not bad guys. Yeah. Uh, so that would be uh, a story element that's not able to be there for those who don't know is that Dark Avengers happens because Norman Osborn kills the scroll queen um, in Secret Invasion, which kind of gives him like a you are Earth like hero and defender we can't trust the avengers anymore because they were all scrolls uh and he kind of takes over the avengers takes over shield takes over tony stark's everything yeah he becomes like a not a war machine but iron patriot yeah iron patriot and then he finds replacements for Mm -hmm. wasn't venom a part of that as well he was he took he was a part of thunderbolts which was the that was that was him ghost rider yeah. Daredevil? Uh, not Daredevil. Not Daredevil. Uh I think it was Bullseye dressed up as Daredevil. That's yeah. I think that is correct. Yes. Uh and then it's also um da- I want to say his name right. Dakin. It's Wolverine's oh, Draken. son. Draken. Yeah. Yeah, Wolverine's son um is Wolverine. Yeah. So uh though pretty much the Thunderbolts become the Dark Avengers and there's that whole line and then I think Mockingbird is like his assistant. Who she's an interesting character because she's not really evil, but she she goes with whoever pays the most. She's a mercenary. Yeah. Um, then for TV shows, oh, yeah, we'll go back to this. Uh, for TV shows, we have Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, which is probably going to change to Captain America and Winter Soldier. WandaVision, I hate that name so much. And then Loki and Hawkeye are being developed for Disney+. Plus, But the characters will still be featured in movies. That's an interesting one to see. That this is... The characters going to these TV shows doesn't necessarily mean, hey, 
you're not able to be in the pictures anymore. Uh, it's just they want to expand on those characters, but they don't have enough resources to give them a full movie. Uh, the X-Men and Fantastic Four will not appear until Phase 5. Did you hear about the Russo brothers where they came out and they said that they are um, kind of done with Marvel that makes for, sense. A, for a little while, yeah. but well, the only thing that will pull them back in Doom. is a Doctor Doom <laughs> Fantastic Four uh, story, and I'm yes. like, I am I am all in, yes. sign me up. Give me that I need Doctor Doom here, yeah. first off, but yeah. then them doing a Fantastic Four movie would be yeah. perfect. I think that would be great. Hear me out. I got mm-hmm. a great idea for a guy who can play the Human Torch. Okay. Chris Evans. <laughs> I think he's I think he's willing to do it. I think you know? he would I think, I think he could great. do a great yeah. job at it. <laughs> uh so terrible on so many levels. <laughs> Just because yeah. he was Human Torch. But the, yeah. Captain America. The uh, Captain America. The Captain America. I'm going to call him Falcon like Cap Falcon. Yeah, Captain right? Falcon. Captain Falcon. Falco Boom. It's no you're not getting past that. Uh, so the rumors about the Black Widow movie. So this is the interesting thing for me is that it is actually a new grooming of a new Black Widow. Oh, is that really? Yes. That it is not the old, it is not Natasha. It is another... Yeah, it's not an origin story or a prequel. Um, Well, I think it might be an origin story of this new But not of Natasha. Uh, which to me entices me more. I was not interested in a, hey, this character is gone. Let's go back and try to de-age Scarlett Johansson and have her like be a person who she was before Iron Man 2. Uh, I actually wasn't as interested in that. Uh, but this idea of a new, a new character coming in and having David Harbaugh, who plays Hopper in Stranger Things, coming in as a, as a supporting cast character... Shows me that he could be someone who's like mentoring, mentoring this new uh, Black Widow of sorts. And he's gonna he's gonna need quite a, a bounce back after Hellboy. Uh, I think a lot of people need some bounce back. <laughs> Everyone needs the people a who bit of saw a bounce, Hellboy need, <laughs> need a, bounce a bounce back. back. Yeah. So that's the rumors about around that, and there's a lot that was there. Uh, it was just dropped in one day. There's still more on that that I didn't go into, um, but. Pretty pretty exciting. This all could be nothing too. Like we could just be getting our hopes up for something and I, I think it lines up with what you would kinda expect. Like yeah. none of it's like out of left field. Mm-hmm. Like all of it's like, okay, that makes sense. Like yeah. I wouldn't have thought that they would do a young Avengers, but I see how There's they enough got characters to, that Yeah, they exactly. Could, yeah. Well so every movie that they listed and they showed that could be a possibility is like, Okay, I see yeah. that. I totally understand. It doesn't seem like it's like out of left field, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I uh, but to be fair, I don't know if there's very many things they could have announced that would have been like, oh, that's out. Of, like they could have announced. Like I mean, a, the fact that Shang Chi is happening is the just Shang, like, Yeah, the Shang Chi, yeah. but that's been known for a little yeah. bit as well. Like you said, they're making the big push. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if they came out and said, "Hey, we're gonna do a Squirrel Girl movie," mm-hmm. like, okay, I believe it. Which I swear they were de- developing. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure that was in the, uh, the rumor works there for a while. I don't think it was just rumors. Like a like a movie or a television? No, no, a TV series where she was uh, played by, do you remember the AT&T commercials? Yes. Uh, and the, the brunette that was on them for a while? Mm-hmm. Uh, she, was, like, she was slotted in to play Squirrel Girl. Oh. 
Yeah. And I'm trying to think. I want to say it was called, it was New Warriors, which was, yep, there it is. New Warriors. Never actually happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's always a great way for it to open up. Yeah. Uh, not to not to be confused with the New Mutants, which new was mutants. delayed. Yeah. Yeah, there, it was going to have Speedball, Squirrel Girl, Mr. Immortal, Night Thrasher. Night Thrasher is such a funny character because he's a skateboarder uh, that goes around beating people up. And I actually have a comic where uh, Spider-Man interacts with him for the first time. Is like, you are ridiculous. <laughs> this is kidding. Night Thrasher talking to Spider-Man, no, of Spider -Man course. No, Spider-Man is talking to Night oh, Thrasher. Oh, no, Spider-Man's the ridiculous uh, one. Right. Night yeah. Thrasher sounds awesome. And then Microbe. I love that there's also a girl's on the casting for Girl at Bar. Yeah. There's no episode yet, but <laughs> there is a... There's girl. just some girl being like, yeah. hey, I was a part of this one thing. Yeah. Oh, what'd you do? That never actually know. happened. I was, I was just yeah. sitting at some bar. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so New Warriors. I was thinking it was New new event or Young Avengers, and that's where all that was happening. But Young Avengers is also an interesting line because it has... The has Wiccan, who is a character who shouldn't exist, but he does because Marvel, just you know, comic books. He is, he is the imagination of Scarlet Witch, imagining what her kids with vision would be. Oh, and uh, he manifests. Well, she is extremely powerful. She so. is. Uh, I believe they die at some point. She, I think it's twins. She has twins, and they die at some point, and then they kind of bring Wiccan back, and he has the he has witchish kind of powers, and one of the first uh, gay characters in the Marvel universe with young Hulk. I want to say Hulkling. That's his name. Who is a scroll who thinks he's actually Hulk. So he transforms into Hulk and stuff like that. So really interesting character. Hmm. Um, yeah. So that's about it for those rumors. Milo, Michael Rooker is to play King Shark in James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Uh, for those who do not know, Michael Rooker is um, Yondu in Guardians. Well, you also may know him from plenty of other stuff. But Walking Dead. Yeah. Most famously would probably yeah. be Walking Dead. And that's his connection with James Gunn. Uh, I think James Gunn just likes having Michael Rooker play characters, and it would be interesting for him to play King Shark. I feel like he has to voice King Shark. I don't want them to do what they did with the uh, with Lizard. Uh, Killer Croc. I don't yeah, know why Killer I Croc. Lizard. I was like, Lizard? The Lizard. That's Spider-Man. Uh, and that's Lizard Man. I don't I'm getting everything mixed up. You all right, Andrew? The reptiles. <laughs> <laughs> Killer Croc. Killer Croc and Suicide Squad was the worst. Uh, that was so bad. You saw Suicide Squad, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. When he Not great. When he takes off his jacket and he's tiny. Yeah, like, yeah, it was really, yeah. And they, you could tell that they just painted him. I mean, you're just like, stop. I know. But he does, uh, Michael Rooker does have the f face Yes. That you could see that they could build a King Shark off of yes. it. The only, so the only thing is that Michael Rooker did come out and be like, nah, like that's not a thing. Mm -hmm. But it could be very well he's just lying about it, which yeah. has been, we've seen before. 
but it ma- it makes sense. Like uh, the person who leaked it is a, a viable source, mm-hmm. and it and then you see the connection of James Gunn obviously being directing the new yeah. Suicide Squad and his connection with Michael Rooker. Yeah, it's all there. It's all there. Makes sense. Uh, then that brings us to the biggest news, actually. That is actual news, uh, and the yeah, others is news, but the rumors. Robert Pat- Patterson uh, to play Batman and. You you originally sent me this. I did send it to you. And when I saw it, the the title was is he's eyed to play Batman. Yeah, it was him and Nicholas Holt. I want to say his name is. Those are the two. Wor- they, they, Why Nicholas like, Holt is the guy who plays Beast? Yes. in the new X Men. And I can't stand him as Beast. He's yeah, he's so terrible. Uh, and then it just did it come out afterwards that. He like it was a done deal because so, it's been all over the news that he is Batman. So basically it's not it's not like fully in ink okay. yet, but it is like we want you to play it. He's very interested. It's gonna be you. Like if you want it, it's yours. It's yours. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things now where it would be more surprising if he's not Batman than is, is if, if he, he is, is Batman. Batman. It just it makes sense from where they're like they came out. And they're just like, hey, we're going to make this movie. This is our plan, and this is our guy. It is just the weirdest decision. So for a while, I had to wrestle with it because sometimes you have to separate character from actor, and I think a lot of times well, with I, Robert I, Pattinson, people go straight to Twilight. Yes, which for me, it's it's not that. No, I agree. It's when I see Robert Pat- Patterson, I just don't see it. If they came out and said... So, he's going to be Batman Beyond? I see it. I would be like, I'm down. He he doesn't look like Bruce Wayne, Batman. No. He looks as if... He looks like Terry from yeah. Batman He's a Beyond. thinner... If, and then someone had the coolest idea of having... Uh, I don't know, I was thinking Michael Caine. The original uh, 1989 Batman. Michael Keaton? Keaton, that's it. I was thinking Kane. He's You're thinking Michael Kane because he plays Alfred. I, I no, I was thinking Michael with a with a k sound. Oh, I was like Michael Kane. I, I was like, no, that's not him. Uh, him as Bruce Wayne, old Bruce Wayne. Oh, that would be phenomenal. And Robert Patterson as Terry as the Batman Beyond. That would be great. Which which is really funny because it's like where like when you first hear the the news like hey Robert Pattinson's gonna play Batman you're mm-hmm. just like oh you like oh, recoil and you're just like what <laughs> oh that sounds awful but then people are like but hear me out what if what he's Batman, Batman Beyond and then you get yeah. Michael Keaton and then people yeah. are like oh that sounds awesome that's yeah. so great but the movie's gonna come out as like no he's just Batman and so I'm interested because I don't want another origin story. And yeah. I do think because of how he is and how he's set up, I, I'm going to have a little bit of a harder time buying him as an established Batman, yeah. which is what I hope they do with the story. Yeah. But even more so than that. His parents are going to die on screen again. Yeah, more than likely. I yeah. mean, we just got to keep killing them. Yeah. Just uh, new versions, bring them out. I do, I do want to hold on to criticism mm-hmm. because we have seen this before with superhero castings where... Like when they originally cast Tom, uh, not Tom Hiddleston. Tom uh, Holland? No, yeah, Tom Hiddleston as Loki and Chris Hemsworth okay. as um, Thor. People were like, who are these people and why are they playing these characters? Or mm. something as simple as um, Heath Ledger's The Joker. Yeah. 
Like, that's that's the one that stands out to me. Yeah, the most. there's always, or even you take yeah. Christian Bale, where mm-hmm. up to that point before Batman, he had a lot of great transformations, but mm-hmm. he never got like big, big. Yeah, like he was even still like one of his biggest roles, and I mean physically, not uh, when it comes to the movie, is Reign of Fire. Yeah, and even then he was he's not super big. No, he's not super. He's no. outshined by Matthew McConaughey, oh, the best character in that movie. Yeah, which yeah. he's awesome. <laughs> he's great in that movie. So Christian Bale, if anything, he was known more for his rapid weight loss. Yes, like for the Machinist. And yeah, he got like a hundred and five, hundred and twenty. Like yeah. he would, like he was like pretty much starvation. I mode. think his uh, his diet consisted of like cucumbers and celery. Yeah. And he just yeah. he pretty much starved himself for yeah. the role, um, but he got really big. And I he I loved Christian Bale as Batman. Yeah, I it's I understand that a lot of people love the villains more, but I I really enjoy him as Batman. Oh, is that a thing? People don't oh, like yeah. Christian Bale as that, Batman. Yeah, you uh-huh. are. Listen to me, people. <laughs> you are incorrect. Yeah, like I would make the argument that Christian Bale is the best Batman. That is probably my stance. The to me, it's a tie between him and Val Kilmer. I like Val Kilmer's Batman. I like his Batman. Um, Okay, all right. I don't know so much about his Bruce Wayne, but that's what I love about Christian Bale is he was able to bring Bruce Wayne and Batman. That's why he's my personal favorite. He was able to have the both. And it's actually really funny because Ben, my brother, uh, doesn't like Christian Bale because he's, you know, he has that hoity-toity, snobbish, like kind of douchish kind of role in a lot of movies and uh he can't stand him and that's why he can't stand him stand him as bruce wayne but i'm like that's the perfect bruce wayne like that that's character. who bruce wayne yes, is supposed to be that's what, you don't like bruce wayne. no um and he does it on purpose you might actually like bruce wayne actual bruce wayne um but the persona that he puts on uh, is that character so that way no one can get close to him? Yeah, it's the whole Bruce Wayne yeah. Clark Kent thing. Yeah. Is that they have to play characters that there's that people feel there's no way that they could you can be, be Batman, Batman or Superman yeah. is because of how they're portrayed. So I still love totally. that like comic out there where a guy's like, "What if Bruce Wayne's Batman?" And uh, Gordon's like. Nonsense, Bruce Wayne's scared of bats. <laughs> it's just not like, it's that whole, like... There's no way he Clark can be. Clark Kent wears glasses. These can't be Superman. Yeah. Um, Superman has laser vision. Where was I... I was talking to someone recently, and they actually could see why someone would be confused with the Clark Kent Superman thing, because uh, I think, it like, someone took off their glasses and moved their hair around, and they said they were unrecognizable. Like, it was this weird thing of... The way you see a person and your mentality of who they are and they just change one little thing about their looks and you will doubt that that's them. So I actually think the thing that's the easiest to buy is him hiding his size. So yes. if you see... He com- slouches. Yes. Yeah. Well, not even the slouching. Yeah. You see... There's two... I'll give you two examples. You see natural competitive bodybuilders wearing mm-hmm. normal clothes. Yeah. And you're just like, they don't look very big. But then you see them step on stage, and it's incredible. Yeah. But even unnatural, like people like Phil Heath, guys who are monstrous men, when you see them wear suits and everything, mm-hmm. they don't, even then, they're just like, I don't buy it. They almost look weird and awkward when they're wearing suits that they okay. don't seem like they're huge. Yeah large and in charge bodybuilder. So I actually buy the idea that Clark Kent could hide his his size within it. And when you see a lot of Clark Kent set he's he's wearing pretty baggy clothes. Yes. Like and I think that's on purpose. Also because he doesn't have a lot of money. 
but yeah, especially since it, a lot of that stuff was like 60s and 70s, where that was kind of a style, um, where it was a little bit baggier. Yes. Um, so really interesting. But don't know if we can see Robert Patterson <laughs> playing. Yeah, Bruce I agree. Wayne. I am. I am very, very hesitant. But yeah. I do want to hold off criticism. Yeah. Criticism because I, I see it when I look at his face. I see a world that exists where I could buy him as a Batman. Yeah. More Batman Beyond than Bruce Wayne, Batman. But if he can bulk, things can change. Because the same thing ha- happened with Zachary Levi. As Shazam. This is true. Yeah, where he was it wasn't necessarily, yeah, his face wasn't the problem I had with. It was mm-hmm. the fact that he was so small. Yeah. That's why, like, whenever anyone talks about a new superhero, the only person I bring up is The Rock because he's the only <laughs> man big enough to, <laughs> to play, play a superhero. Ben Affleck got pretty big. Ben for... Affleck is a very large man. Yeah. So he, he, he got the shape down until well, Justice League. Well, ba- like Ben Affleck in real life is like 6'4", 230, 240 yeah, pounds. He's like a he's dude. a he's yeah. a big dude. So it it made sense to me. It's all those rom coms. Yeah, the, it's the yeah. unassuming people don't buy it as they just never saw the town yeah. where Ben Affleck is yoked in that movie. I think I started watching the town. It's a really good movie. And then you should watch stopped. it. Don't know why. It's don't a great know. Boston crime movie. Yeah. Uh. Then to add on to Robert Patterson playing Batman, uh, the villains that have been announced are Catwoman and Penguin. So really interesting there. Um, Both animal, you know, animal type villains. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, He was a vampire, not a werewolf. Who was a vampire? Not a werewolf. Robert Patterson. Oh, I thought you were making oh, right. the animal Twilight. Oh, no, connection. no, no. I was, I was just making the connection oh, the, between Catwoman yeah, and Cat Penguin. Uh, also, the fact that this is just you know Dark Knight or uh, Batman Returns. Yes. Uh, so I don't know how much I believe that these will be the two villains, or if it's people just saying like reporting that it is, so that way they can get buzz around that. What? Hear um, me out. I'm forgetting her name right now, but what Michelle if they Pfeiffer? just no? What if they just cast the girl from Twilight as Catwoman? Kirsten Stewart. Yeah, Kirsten. <laughs> Chris, is it Kristen Stewart? Ki- yeah, Kristen Stewart. Kristen Kirsten Stewart. Stewart. Yeah. Just cast her as. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. And then you cast. Uh, the, oh, what's his name? What's his name? Jacob. That, yeah, that Jacob. played the werewolf yeah. as the penguin. As the penguin. That's a good. And you know? then it's and just a just, love story we between do it all penguin, Catwoman, and <laughs> Batman. That would be just, so. Just, I would actually watch that. I would watch that just to see how terrible that would be, and then just have Stephanie Meyer write it, and you know bring everyone back. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. Filming in Oregon. And yeah, you're fine. Gotham is now Portland. <laughs> So terrible. Oh, I think actually Gotham would be like uh, Longview, Longview Kelso area. Yeah, probably. Where it's just like where all the meth heads are. Uh, that's it for news. That's that's all we got for news. Pretty jam packed. So, I know. There's a, there was a lot. Uh, so now we're going to go into our main topic, which is favorite adaptions, and this can be. Uh, it is from comics. It has to have started as a comic um, to be adapted into a movie, a TV series, a video game. If for some reason you're reading a comic book book, there's a book out there that you really like. Uh, and so we're going to dive headfirst. Um, start with some honorable mentions that didn't make it to our list, but something that is just fun to think about. Um, my first one is uh, 300. That this movie... 
is so awesome and just jam-packed and full of action uh, that I cannot not put it on my list. Um, and then shout out to Marvel Ultimate Alliance for oh the, totally the games. absolutely. I was just like I had so much fun. It's a, a blast of a game. One and two. Yeah. And so those those are my you know just two little honorable mentions. So it's funny that you brought up comic book book because I actually <laughs> read the novelization of Civil War. Really? Yeah. Okay. So they put it in a novel form, and I actually read it. So my I have three honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Uh, technically, one is cheating. So okay. I apologize. Okay. The reason why I include it is because if you have ever read this book. It would be an excellent graphic novel. Okay, so it's a graphic novel. It's a book. Yeah. So The Road by Cormac McCarthy. Is that the one with uh, Viggo Mortensen? Oh, that movie is hard. The to movie watch. is hard to watch, but uh, I think I wish there was a graphic novel of it. Be and that's incredible. the reason why I brought it up is if you haven't read the book or you haven't seen the movie, you should watch them. It mm-hmm. is a it, it it does have a dark horse feel to yeah. it. That if Dark Horse came out like and was like hey, we're making a road mm-hmm. graphic novel, yeah. I'd be all in on it. Yes. Um, so that a little bit of cheating there. But the other the other two that I want to mention is Sin City. Okay. Didn't quite make your make my top yeah. five, but it was so close. Yeah, like Robert I, Rodriguez, man. Yeah, Robert yeah. Rodriguez, Frank Miller, mm-hmm. uh Quentin Tarantino for a little bit, but then also the star studded cast in it. Oh yeah. With Bruce you know, Willis. Yeah, Bruce Willis, Jessica Clive Alba. Owen. Um just like everybody, um, uh, Mickey, not Mickey Rourke. Uh, not, gosh, oh, what, what is his name? Have you, it, yeah, the guy who played, um. Yes, uh, Whiplash, a dame right? to kill for. Yeah. No, no, he's, oh, okay, yeah. Okay. That's I'm who, thinking of the wrong person. Yeah, no, 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 no. But, like, that entire movie is yeah. extremely well acted. Also, Elijah just, Wood's in that movie, too. Yeah, Elijah Wood. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the cinematography, the mm-hmm. whole, like, literally, it does a really good job of taking that 1920s, 1930s feel to it yeah. and the way that it plays with color. Oh, um, it was incredible. Within yeah. where red is placed or the eyes of certain people. To the point where I thought the spirit was by Robert Rodriguez when it came out because of that whole stylization. Yeah. And it wasn't. It wasn't. And it wasn't good. It, it It's entertaining. It's not good though. No, it's yeah. you know, it's not great. Samuel L. Jackson's fun in that role though. Well, it's yeah, the, I mean Sam Jackson, yeah. Sam Jackson, so you, you definitely got to go see it. The other one I wanted to mention is The Crow. Okay. So The Crow was originally with a Brandon Lee. Yeah, with yeah. Brandon Lee, it was created by artist James O'Barr. Mm-hmm. Um and then obviously it was turned into the film in 1994 uh, and it's probably more known now for for the fact that Brandon Lee was killed while mm-hmm. filming it and Brandon yeah. Lee obviously is the son of Bruce Lee. Yeah. Um but a the graphic novel is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, B the movie is actually still really good, and it's a great story. It's a it's a different type of story where it is about where a certain character is killed. The crow is killed after his wife and family are murdered, and he's resurrected by a supernatural crow power, and he is able to come back to life to avenge that. And actually, there's overarching stories that you see f- in future graphic novels that the same thing happens where it becomes the crow is almost a symbol for vengeance and that okay. many people who are wronged and then die are given a second chance to be infused with this supernatural so crow ability. The crow. They become the crow and they're able to avenge, you know, whoever killed their wife It's like if Max Payne died. Yeah, 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 that's actually really, yeah, that's a really great example. So I definitely wanted to mention those ones because Thanks. I don't think when people talk about comic book adaptations, they don't think about The Crow. 
I okay. think a lot of people yeah. would be pretty stunned to be like, oh, the crow? Oh, oh yeah. all right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so then we'll just get right into it. Uh, my number five is V for Vendetta. Uh, that was a uh, started out as a comic book, not very well known, um, but I love that movie uh, starring uh, Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving as the voice of V. Um, it is so fun. It has Natalie Portman in it. Not not even as the um, voice of V. As did v. he did he play? Yeah, he, he played did actually v. played him too. Yeah. Um, incredible, incredible movie that just from cinematography to the story to how everything plays out uh, to the final shootout, shootout at the very end. Which is um, incredible. It's a great, great scene. Uh, I try to watch that movie at least once a, once a year on, no, no, on November 5th. Remember, um, remember. The 5th of November, man. Uh, it's, a, it's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, definitely go out and see it. It's, yeah. yeah, it's, it's a definitely a, a underrated, underviewed yeah. movie that I don't think a lot of people have seen. That yeah. um, if you've not given a chance to it, you should definitely watch it. It is a different feel mm-hmm. um, to a lot of it's. I I would still call it a superhero movie um, yes. because he does have certain elements to him. I would call it a, a vigilante, vigilante. I agree. Movie, I agree. Or a or a revenge film. Like it very much is a revenge. Absolutely, film, so. and it has a lot of uh, political undertones. Social not, political, not undertones, yeah. yeah. So um, I was going to say that's it's pretty. Yeah, straight it's up pretty it. yeah. straight up. Um, but if that fancies, that tickles your yes, fancy, yes. you should watch it. Also, the graphic novel is really, really, really good. Really good, yeah. Yeah, it's really well done. How about so, you? So my number five is one of your honorable mentions. Three hundred. It's three hundred. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I just so. Yeah. A lot of people want like to look at three hundred now and laugh about it, mm-hmm. but when it came out and for it what was it the did, coolest thing in it the was world. it was just like injecting straight testosterone yeah. into your veins, yeah. and how the sim- cinematography and at the time slow motion wasn't overused. No, now you it's see, still one of the movies that I love the slow motion. Yeah, and the way that it works, yeah. but then also you get Gerard Butler, you get mm-hmm. Michael Fassbender, yeah. Michael Fassbender, you get. Um, uh, David Winham, who plays Faramir from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> you also get not Faramir. Ah, get out of here. But then you get Lena uh, Lena Headley, who yeah. is Cersei from Game, Game of Thrones. Thrones. Yeah. Um, but the reason why, more than anything, I had included on my list, other than the fact that I thoroughly enjoy the movie, it is a ton of fun, and I love history. And even though it 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 plays with the idea of um, the Battle of Thermopylae, mm-hmm. where it wasn't quite exactly the same, yeah. they do take some liberties with it. I do think of all the movies I have on my list, it is the most true to the graphic novel. Okay. Where literally I was trying to, I remember reading way, way back in, I, I read the 300 series mm-hmm. from Frank Miller, and reading Frank Miller is a trip in within itself. Yeah. Um, But I was doing the research on it, trying to see like how much of a difference there is, and there's literally only two listed differences from the movie and the graphic oh, okay. novel, which is insane, yeah. where the biggest difference is, is that the queen isn't really a major focus in the graphic novel as opposed to there's the overlying yeah, storyline that you see yeah. in the movie. And then the other one is that one of the major parts within the graphic novel is that um, on their way to the hot gates, one of the Spartan soldiers steps out of line and a captain uh, has to punish him and continues to punish him. And Leonidas steps in and tells him to stop and he doesn't. So he, has to kill the captain leader. Oh. So, like, that was a pretty major scene. Yeah. But even there's shot for shot, like, the tree built out of the people's yeah, bodies. The, and then there's the oracle scene. and Yeah, yeah absolutely. So it, it would be tough to put a top five comic book adaptations where 
not only do you, should you include it on your list because it's a good movie yeah. or you enjoyed the movie, but how the true it states the source, source material that yeah. you do have to, you got to give it props for saying yeah. that they basically were able to take a graphic novel and turn it into a, a motion picture yeah. is truly incredible, especially because the graphic novel, novel was written by Frank Miller yeah. and he's not exactly the easiest guy. No. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like insane. Insane. He, he's, so. Yeah, he's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. I'm yeah. definitely with you. So I'll actually just go into my number. My number four is actually Snowpiercer. Okay. So yeah. the, it was originally based off of a 1982 graphic novel, a yeah. French graphic novel. Yeah, and very different. It is It is yeah. very different. And then eventually it was translated into English mm-hmm. later in uh, 2014, um, where I think this was stars aligned moment, where the story within itself is very interesting. Yes. But then you get director Bong Joon-ho, Notorious is, for the host. Yeah, no, yeah, notorious for the host, but also for um, Okja. Yeah, who is a, it? Aksha, I think. Aksha, or however yeah. you. I apologize yeah. for butchering. He's it, South but, Korean. I know a lot about. Yeah, this yeah, guy. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but his ability to tell a political themed yeah. story, also with the dark and dreariness that you have seen him tell before, paired with Chris Evans, which I think who is a cool character he's in this movie, incredible. Yeah, and then. Um, also him being able to adapt it to make it more entertaining mm-hmm. because I do not believe the uh, if they did a shot-for-shot shot remake of the graphic novel would mm-hmm. have been as entertaining because originally in the graphic novel... It's very... The, it's slower. It's slower, obviously. Yeah. It's based over four or five different graphic novels, mm-hmm. but also on top of that, the hero is not really much a hero. He's more reluctant. Like yeah. He is very selfish in his goal of that. He is So in the movie... It is a revolt. These yes. are people trapped. Yeah. So basically, if you don't know what Snowpiercer is, is a new ice age has hit the earth. And the only surviving people now exist on a train that is a, a thousand and one cars long. And, and it's it travels, automatic. Yeah. It's automatic and it travels around the world. And the further back you are in the train, the lower social class you are. Yeah. And the further you get to the heart of the train or the front of the train, the richer and richer you get. Mm-hmm. Um, and literally to the point, it's very vulgar where they, they have very derogatory terms for the people in the back mm-hmm. of the train. And literally, the graphic novel follows a man who just wants to get out of the back of the train just yeah. because it's so jam-packed. They eat rats. They eat meat slabs that they call mama. Um, there's they're a whole... made out of uh, bugs. In the movie. In the movie. In the movie, they're made out of yeah. bugs. Um, it is like a weird anti-processed, oh, right, not right. anti-processed, yeah. but processed weird meat. Um, in the, in the yeah. graphic novel okay. within itself. But the character doesn't want anything to do with anyone, and it isn't for the fact that he pairs himself up with a woman in the graphic novel who's like who kind of holds him a little bit to humanity mm-hmm. and that he's just kind of this cool badass in the graphic novel as opposed to in uh, the movie, he is a reluctant hero that is kind of almost a Jesus Christ type figure yeah. of that he, like, we have seen a bunch of people attempt and uh, this kind of revolt before and be shot down time and time again, and now the stars align for this one man who checks all the boxes, but he also has that I'm not built for this, kind of like a John Snowish mm-hmm. kind of like, I'm, I don't want to do this. Why do you keep making me do yeah. this? I just want to be one of the people. But no matter what, he's always thrust, greatness is thrust upon, upon him. him. Yeah. Um, and the movie is really well done, and it builds a world um, where, uh, like kind of like with Blade Runner, except for the movie's really good, is that the world in itself is super interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get me wrong, the movie is great, but the world that it built 
Yeah. And when movies can do that, they immediately get on my list of yeah. that. If I care so much about your world, it isn't so much that the movie is great. It's just now you've given me something to think about and yeah. that thought-provoking where that the movie has stayed with me more in my thoughts and my ideas than necessarily how good the movie was. So that would be my number four for me, nice. Sno- Snowpiercer. Uh, for me, it is a series we talked about before. Not really a series. Uh, Scott Pilgrim versus The World. Uh, this is... One of my favorites. Uh, it's super quotable. Uh, it is fun to watch. It's super entertaining. The character, uh, the characters that they bring you are fun and engaging, and the fight scenes are uh, full of energy. And it's just a, a fun adaption of the book. And for the most part, the theme and elements of the book are brought in, but the the actual taking of the source is minimal uh the just the different fight scenes uh the the twins that he fights with the um with the the battle of the bands that actually was they built a giant robot and he actually fights the giant robot in the comic and so that whole thing was entirely different uh his battle with um his battle with Todd who is the vegan was actually one of the (laughs) ways it started was they went to a supermarket that if the more you spend in it the like you start dying it's like this crazy supermarket and they had to go in there and buy the most items uh without dying uh and then one of the big things was you couldn't use superpowers and then todd ends up using his superpowers and cheating and then they're just like oh yeah he can just do that uh, so it's a tie. <laughs> so you know what's um, really funny is that uh, the video game uh, Scott Pilgrim is actually really good. And yes, it, and it is very much more in tuned with the comic, the comic yeah. book. I love the video game as well. Yes, yeah. but the movie, I agree with you. Yeah. The, what the movie does so well, and we were on the ride over here. I told you there was one I specifically left off my list. It was this. It was this one yeah. because I knew you were going to put yeah. this on this list, and I wanted. I would have put it. It absolutely hundred percent would have been on my list, but I specifically left it off, knowing mm-hmm. that you would have put it on. Um, it is such a great movie that yes. there's something to be said where when you watch a movie and it wants you to go back and get into the source material, mm-hmm. and I think this movie does that in spades, where yeah. I do believe, where Scott, I would argue Scott Pilgrim would had a, a little bit more of a cult following before that, yes. and I think this movie only did more to grow that following just because of how wonderfully executed this movie was. The funny thing is, I saw the trailer for this movie first, mm-hmm. and then I was like, that was awesome. And then someone went, did you know there's a comic book? It's based off a comic book? I'm like, what? And I actually went and read the comic book uh, just from the trailer. Like, I didn't even see the movie yet. And so I read the comic and was excited for the movie. And the interesting thing for those who have who are just now seeing the movie now or reading the comic now is the endings are different for a reason. Number one, the ending for the book is insane and would not do well uh, trying to replicate it on screen. Uh, but the second, uh, the fifth and sixth book were not done when the movie came out. It's very Game of Thrones-ish, Game of Thrones-ish, uh, where they, the writer for the comics told the directors, uh, and writers, Edgar Wright, 
uh, incredible director and writer, uh, what the story was, but he told them he doesn't mind if they change it. Like, uh, it it wouldn't matter if it doesn't line up, which uh, it doesn't. The endings are very vastly different uh, from each other, but both very entertaining in their own way. I think it would have been worse if the ending of the movie wasn't as good as the book, um, but they both bring elements that really make it super fun. Uh, and then for my third one, uh, I had to really think about this one, but uh, Spider-Man PS4. Um, it is my favorite Spider-Man game. Uh, Spider-Man is my favorite hero. Uh, they do an incredible job of taking a lot of stuff from the Spider-Man comics. Uh, they respect everything. They respect all the characters. Um, they do awesome things with some characters, new awesome things that I didn't think you could do anything more with. Uh, and it's it's one of those games that I fell in love with and I just kept playing. Uh, and so as an adaption, it it's definitely up in my top yeah, five. It, it does a really good job of allowing you to, not only is it A, fun to play, yeah. which I think has to hit all the keys yes. if you're going to be a video <laughs> yeah. game, but... Yuri is my Spider-Man. It's insane. Like yeah, he's, he's he is he is a great Peter Parker Spider-Man. Yeah, he does a really he does a really really yeah. good job with Spider-Man. But on top of that, the story is really well done. Yeah. Um. Uh. And then the ability that it allows you to wear all those different costumes. Yes. And then oh it man, gives you... me playing as Scarlet Spider, the entire oh, time. Oh yeah, totally, <laughs> absolutely. But being able yeah. to play Noir Spider-Man. Yeah. Or like they have even the movie, yeah. They yeah. have the movie Spider Man, the um, Sam Raimi, yeah. Spider Man. They have the Tom Holland Spider Man, yeah. And yeah. just like, and then also you had the new suit, which at first when I saw it, I wasn't the biggest fan of it. The just one with, with the, the white. white, yeah. But then after a while, it kind of warmed me on enough you. that yeah. it grows on me that I was like, you know what, this isn't bad. I yeah. I will include this in my when I think of Spider great Spider Man's not necessarily great, but when I think of Spider Man suits, yeah, like this is one that will definitely go on the list just because they do a really great job about it. Mm -hmm. So I I'm right there with you. It yeah. was really excellent, really well done. So for me, my numero trace yeah is Watchmen. Okay, so. When this movie first came out, it was very poo-pooed upon. Yes. People did not like this movie. Except and, for the edgy teenagers. Yeah. Which, no, I wasn't at the time. I think the first time I saw Watchmen, I was in Afghanistan. Okay. Um, Which makes sense because the movie was released in 2009. I was in Afghanistan in 2010. Okay. So um, the first time I watched the movie, I was like, it was okay. It was fine. Mm -hmm. This liter legitimately is a movie I enjoy with every watch. Okay. With, which, you enjoy it more. Yeah, with every yeah. concurrent watching, every time I see it, I love it that much more. Yeah. And I think what was really tough about it is that Alan Moore's Watchmen, which is the great thing about the graphic novel itself, is not only is it a great graphic novel, but it's kind of one of those ones credited with bringing comic books to the forefront as an ability to be stories that can be told for adults. Yes. Um, but also, Alan Moore did that constantly. Yeah. yeah. But also on top of it, it's included in like Time put it in its top 100 novels of all time. Yeah. So this is up there, you know, with Catcher in the Rye or um, Slaughterhouse Five or 1984, like mm -hmm. all these ones that people view as high literature. Watchmen, which is a graphic novel, is yeah. on that list. And yeah. there's something to be said to that. And it kind of has that Lord of the Rings feel to it where when Lord of the Rings was written, specifically people were like, there's no way anyone will be able to adapt to this. Mm -hmm. And Watchmen had that feel to it. 
Yeah. But I think he still did a. I think Zack Snyder still did a decent enough job with keeping a lot of the core elements of the the graphic novel itself into mm-hmm. the movie. Yeah. On top of the fact the movie is 168 minutes long. So, A, it's a really long movie. And even then, you have to cut out a lot of stuff. Yeah. But even There's with, a director's cut, isn't there? Yeah, there yeah. is. But even with the small um, changes that he made, like, for example, in the graphic novel, the um, Ozymandias' idea to unite the world is them fighting a singular figure and in the graphic novel it is a psychic giant squid yeah which may not play off so well within a movie <laughs> yeah and i think Zack snyder did a really good job of turning kind of dr manhattan into yeah. that view where the world then hated him because the other thing that with the graphic novel is that they weren't really superheroes no they were kind of perfect humans in that yeah. they were able to do things that humans were able to do just at the highest level, mm-hmm. um, which is always my argument for Captain America not being a superhero, is that the super soldier serum, they specifically state that it is not allowing him to do things no human can do. It's allowing him to reach, reach full human yeah. potential, yeah. and that's kind of what the Watchmen are. In the movie, not so much. They are a little bit super powerish, like they're mm-hmm. punching through cement walls, and yeah. they're, they're doing a couple little things, but the idea within the movie that Dr. Manhattan is a super powerful being. Yes. Not only is he super powerful, he's arguably one of the most powerful beings of all time yeah. across comic books. Yes. Um, and then their idea of that now that they have to turn humanity against them because humanity at the time was broken. Mm-hmm. And then also the era that it's placed into, the idea that superheroes are now introduced um, around the Vietnam War yeah. and that they are the, and they allow the United States to win the war and then also it, it allows them to cover up Watergate. And then what would the world look like if those of those things happened? Because those are very key events in world America's history, history yeah. with changing us who we are. Because up to that time, not that we were sleeping goats or we were just following along with mm-hmm. what the um, government said, but we were very much bought into the government. Yes. We never questioned what because the president up, said. Up, up until that point, like they hadn't done anything yet. Yeah. And it wasn't like, until publicly against us. And it yeah. wasn't until the Vietnam War and Watergate that people started going like, "Oh, wait a minute, what's going on? Are yeah. these people abusing these powers?" And yeah. then you had tons of rallies and people fighting back against the government, the draft, and exactly everything. the man, yeah. Yeah. exactly, and the idea of what does this world exist in? And then now they turn their hate towards these superheroes, and that they did the Civil War Act before the Civil War, and that mm-hmm. there was very much a political idea of them banning the idea of mm-hmm. superheroes. But yeah. then they're thrust back into the world after the comedian is killed. And yeah. they, I just like it's absolutely. I love that movie, and I would be remiss if I didn't put that on my list. There is a video out there that ruined that movie for me, and I. I am happy that I know about it and not at the same time. What video? Uh, it's a, a guy who does video essays, uh, really, really solid video essays, uh, explaining what Zack Snyder missed from the comic. And He, he did and, miss. Uh, and it was really interesting to see that he, the movie actually brings out what the comic was trying to not represent um and so it's a it's an interesting dive i i think you would like it i don't think it'll change your mind just because you you enjoy this movie uh so much i have only seen it once and so after seeing that it was like man 
Now it's going to hard to watch it again. Yeah, I think I've now seen Watchmen probably like six or seven times. Yeah. Also, you know, shout out to Rorschach, where oh, yeah. I think he's one of the most interesting and deep, incredible characters, yeah. and that you do see these parallels in, in between, say, like Batman and Night Owl, mm-hmm. um, but also in the graphic, and they do a much better job with this in the graphic novel than they do in the movie, is that Night Owl is this very vulnerable character that has lost all his confidence, mm-hmm. and then now he's thrust back into superhero work as opposed yeah. to the movie they kind of touch on it a little bit mm-hmm. but like literally one scene he's like man i don't know about this and then the next scene he's having sex with the female character and then beating up people in yeah a, in a prison <laughs> with no problems yeah where there isn't as opposed to the graphic novel they can string that out yeah but then also the graphic novel itself has the I th- I th- it's called like the black conquistador there's another what the graphic novel did really cool is that it had a story within a story the comic book that the kid was reading yes exactly Which the director's cut goes over yes because i think the main character and that's voiced by gerard butler yeah yeah so like yeah absolutely right up there for me so my number two is v for vendetta oh really um yes i love this movie it's a great movie it's oh man i it almost it would it's very close to making my top ten yeah favorite movies of all time. A I love Hugo Weaving. Mm-hmm. He's one of my favorite actors of all time. But then also I again the world building thought provoking mm-hmm. and that the idea that it made me dive deeper into what it was trying to talk about both yeah. the graphic novel and the movie, which I think is very interesting because again Alan Moore where you see like he does a really good job with a lot of these graphic novels and they're yeah. able that the worlds that he builds and the story he tells make really great movies mm-hmm. that can be kind of knocked out of the park. But then also diving deep into who Guy Fox was and the idea of that how he was based in like 1605. He was part of the gunpowder plot, which was meant to overthrow um, Great London, I think it was called, or uh, was it the House of the Lords in London to reestablish the ca- Catholic head of state mm-hmm. and that... Um, within the graphic novel that Alan Moore wrote is that it's more about fighting fascism with anarchy and um, the idea to fight against that system by cause. And that's what um, V is trying to invoke within the people about London is fighting back against um, the fascism with anarchy uh, based principles but then what the movie itself does, where the movie was actually, the screenplay was written by the Wachowskis, which yeah. are known for The Matrix yeah. and uh, Jupiter. It was directed by them too, wasn't it? I No, it was directed by James McTeague. Okay. They were very involved with yeah. it. Um, but the other thing about it too is that the movie is a little bit different because it's more about liberal-based beliefs fighting against neoconservatism. And that was actually, Alan Moore was very angry about that. Alan Moore's like, that's not how I wrote the graphic novel. That's not the point. Alan Moore is angry about most of the adaptions of his work. Yeah, he gets gets pretty (laughs) mad about it. But also the other cool thing is that uh, the co-creator slash illustrator, David Lloyd for V for Vendetta, came out Mm -hmm. and he said, well, when I was drawing V for Vendetta, I thought the movie did a really good job of taking the panels and putting them on screen and just telling a slightly different story where it's still a a uprising against the government. It's just with different political tellings where the graphic novel is more meant to be based in Britain. And even though the movie is based in Britain, it is more of a... uh, a, 
speaking on American politics as opposed to London politics. Which was interesting because when this movie came out, that like the neoconservatism wasn't a huge deal over here. It's very interesting to see um, how it is now, yes. Yeah, because I even remember when that movie came out, um, like I'm not super far left-leaning myself, but I felt connected to a lot of the characters and the motivations of V. Like I felt... Um, I felt like I saw what the government was and I was like, yeah, I want to take that government down. Like it was terrible. Uh, and where it's, it's actually a movie I point to when, you know, like not getting on super political stuff, but like when people are like, oh, we're going down this road, I'm going, no, when we look like this movie, that's when I know we're going down that road is like, there's a lot more. Just because one little aspect has happened doesn't mean we've become this way. This society, uh, this is a move that movie shows what that society looks like. Uh, oh yeah, or what so it could possibly what it could possibly become. Yeah, yeah absolutely, um, totally. And it's it's I've always been outspoken about forcing you know political things down my throat while I'm trying to just enjoy entertainment. And that movie, it didn't affect me at all. Like no, because it's a um, part of it's a part of the world. Yes, it's it is trying, it's established. Yeah, yeah, it's the the part of the world of it is it's being political. Yeah, as opposed to say, even though I love the Twilight Zone, the Twilight Zone is trying to tell political stories in not a political way. Yeah. So if you are if you look for it, you will find it, and it can make people a little angry. Yeah. Of like, I'm just trying to watch an entertainment, and now you're trying to th- force your views upon me. Yeah. Where opposed to this movie is that that's kind Kind of the point of the movie yes where now instead of you going for entertainment and getting political views forced down your throat you're now there for a political view and having entertainment yeah forced it's down a, just your a really solid movie. and it's just it's a, a thrill ride it's one of the few movies yeah. that i actually like natalie portman in yes i'm not a big natalie portman fan as an actress um and then any time i can get more hugo weaving i'm all about when it. his v monologue is one of the best it's, things in the world. He's wonderful. Yeah. And yeah. he's he's uh we've talked about this a little bit before is he's a part of the list of actors that if I see them in a movie I'm going to go see it. Yeah. And that's like with like a Christoph Waltz, a Mads mm-hmm. Mickelson, Tilda Swinton. Um like these are very few uh, Keanu Reeves, uh, but I would argue Keanu Reeves is a little bit more on the he's a blockbuster side, side yeah. as yeah. opposed to where I do believe a Hugo Weaving or a Tilda Swindon or or a, a Christopher Waltz. They're just fantastic yeah, actors. Yeah, they're just fantastic yeah. actors that you want to go see in these movies, and he, yeah. is, he is absolutely on top of that list. So yeah. I was very excited to be able to see that within this nice. movie. Uh, for me, um, it is Batman Begins. Uh, I just love this movie um, uh, as a whole, and... Uh, it was one of the first movies to come out that actually made me start thinking about comic books more. Uh, when Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man 1 came out, I love those. Uh, they made Spider-Man my favorite character. Uh, it just reminded me of the cartoons I used to watch. But um, the Batman Begins movie, it just it made me want to start reading the comics more, having Ra's al Ghul become a new villain, a villain that we haven't seen before on the screen. And Played by Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson, who I love. Uh, and I I really enjoy it. Um, I know that The Dark Knight is the better movie. I've talked about this a million times. Uh, but I, there was a week where I watched that movie every single day. Uh, I was sick, and so I couldn't go to school, and so I made it my goal to watch it every single day. And... Um, 
I'm saddened that I can't repeat lines from that movie uh, like I used to, uh, but every bit of that movie is ingrained in my head. Like, I remember every part. Um, it's the I, only origin story that I'm willing to watch over and over and over and again. Be, it's interesting because he he becomes Batman really quickly. Yes. Uh, and he is not a... His, his first scene as Batman is so cool. The scene on the docks is one of the my favorite moments in Batman history uh, when he's fighting all the dudes in the docks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That movie is really... So you know what's funny is that's how I feel with Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Where I agree with you, The Dark Knight is the best movie of the trilogy. Yeah. But I rather watch The Dark Knight Rises, personally. Okay. Like... I need to watch it again. I've seen it only the once. I I really love that movie. Yeah. I think it, it gets poo-pooed on more than I think it should mm-hmm. um, because it is it is tasked with the crumbling expectations that were set out with The Dark Knight Yeah, where I don't know how you top it, especially with everything that happened with Heath Ledger, not yeah. only in real life, where if anyone comes out and says, you know, if Heath Ledger didn't die, people wouldn't talk about him in that Slap way. Slap him in the face. Yeah, you, you, were, in, you were wrong. <laughs> yeah. He he would still be talking yeah. about with high regard, and he, yes. that would have been the movie that, like, he was already a fairly well-known actor, but that would have been like, his this is, yeah, this yeah. is a guy who's going to headline movies and people are going to pay a ton of freaking money yeah. to go see. And it's with uh, his unfortunate passing kind of built upon that lore just yeah. a little bit more. Um, so it, it was doomed to fail from the very beginning, mm-hmm. but I still think it delivered everything that yes. I wanted out of a Batman movie. And again, it was the culminating events of, again, Christian Bale being my favorite Batman, Mm -hmm. but then also telling the story of my first ever Batman comic book, which was Nightfall. That's a huge undertaking as your first Batman story. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's why Azrael is one of my favorite characters of all time. Even though people hate Azrael. A lot of people don't like Azrael, especially as Azrael is Batman. (laughs) Also, because it was like 90s Batman, and he has that weird, everything has spikes and claws and shoulder pads. It hurts already reminding myself of Azrael's Batman. What's his name? Uh, uh, Jacob, not Jacob Loeb, Joseph Loeb. Jeff Loeb? The guy who draws all the characters with giant chests and tiny nipples. uh, Oh, my gosh. Rob, Rob Loeb. Yeah, like so, no Rob Liefeld. That's it. Yeah. Okay, where uh, it kind of has that feel that oh, yeah. '90s era. That the, 90s the, that the reason that. why yeah. we got a Deadpool or mm-hmm. Cable is like, or like these are characters created Let's put because pouches of the, on them for no exactly reason. Yeah. because of the '90s. But the Bane breaking Batman's back. Yes, and a world where Batman has to come back from it and seeing this once powerful being. That was broken as a man, but not physically broken. Yeah. That no matter what you did to him, he always came back swinging. But now he was uh, wheelchair bound, and there wasn't anything he could do, and crime became rampant. Yeah. And that this story kind of tells that. And then also on top of that, where I find this Bane in this movie way more entertaining than a lot of other times that you see Bane, mm-hmm. um, where Bane more in the more so in the cartoons. Um, and to the extent the the uh, comic books where he is this Hispanic roided up luchador mm-hmm. type character, yeah. whereas opposed to in this movie he was more of an anarchist, thought provoking. Yeah. Um, where he where I actually viewed where the Joker was more just in it to cause chaos. 
He was very strategic. Yes, he was very strategic in the chaos he he caused. Mm -hmm. Like, he almost was, in my opinion, a planned Joker, Mm -hmm. where that's the way maybe some people like Joker. He's a a man without a plan. He's just all about it. Mm -hmm. Whereas opposed to Bane does have a very specific reasoning for every single thing he did. Also, the linking back to Batman Begins with Ra's al Ghul Mm -hmm. and his training and then seeing Tali al Ghul, um, which I thought was absolutely really well done and even though i didn't like how they handled robin as his review of like why don't you go by your middle or your real name robin boop 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 boo. um i do love joseph gordon lovett i thought yes. he was really really good in this movie and i thought his character is great that's and, why it's like if they would have just came out and said you know richard grayson i would have been like that solidified this movie as Incredible. I want to see a movie where, where he's, he's Nightwing. Yeah, like I bought, I would buy. Yeah. I'm all in on that movie. Yeah. I'm all about it. Um, so for me, like you said, with Batman Begins, that's Dark Knight Rises for me for sure. Cool. What's your yeah. What's your numero uno? My numero uno is actually going to surprise you because I know I want it to be Winter Soldier. I want it to be Winter Soldier. That I didn't love, even cross my mind. Uh, uh, it's Daredevil, the TV show, the Netflix TV show. Um, I. Love this series. It's and really good. I went back because I upgraded to the new Netflix where I get the 4K version. The 4K, baby. I went and watched the monologue that he has at the very beginning of the first season with the priest. Still incredible. I love that monologue. One of my favorite monologues of all time, especially when the priest is just like, what exactly are you asking for forgiveness for? And he's like, I'm not here to atone for sins I've committed. I'm asking for forgiveness for what I'm about to do. And it's just like, what? And then they show you what you, like, it's it's one of the few series that actually pays off for what uh, they they hype up for you. Um, yeah, so then I watched that. I watched the scene where he fights the dudes on the docks. I love that scene. I watched the first hallway scene first in hallway episode scene. two. is still incredible. I then watched the stairwell scene um, in season two. Uh, where he's fighting all the guys in the stairwell uh, as well in the hallway and then at the the bottom floor and then I watched the Punisher scene yeah the prison the prison scene um it's it's just a series that I can just go back and watch and what I love is that they actually do a great job of respecting the source material as well expanding the source material they made Karen Page a likable character in my opinion um, versus her character in the comics in the comics she definitely is a one-sided character that they try to bring dimension in later uh, a little bit spoilers spoilers in this she's a she's not a full-on drug addict but she's done she does drugs in the TV uh, show. In the TV show yeah, with she, her boyfriend. That, that is where she that is the world she came yes, from came from uh, and then she is the cause of her brother's death and it's like this whole uh, guilt that she's always lived with. Her father blames her for everything. Uh, whereas in the comics, she was a porn actress that was also also like a drug addict, and like she couldn't get out of that. And it was just like you just made Karen Page like a really dark and twisted, messed up character, and not very likable. Like she was using Daredevil for things. So, um, and and I always love shows with themes. Yeah, and Daredevil has that theme of that forgiveness yes and the idea of that it isn't just about with daredevil Mm -hmm. where where it starts with his father where his father for a long time threw fights and was part of this 
criminal type organization and then mm-hmm. one day he stood up and he said nope no more yeah i'm done and it cost him his life yeah um and that it built who he was into the daredevil character itself mm-hmm. with matt murdoch but then also the fun idea of rooting for a character again who isn't necessarily he i would argue he doesn't have superpowers it's yeah. the fact that he he's blind senses, exactly yeah. and enhances all his other senses and that um the idea of that he's a lawyer by day mm-hmm. and then vigilante by night and that and that he wants to do ends. good for people exactly yeah. and that in the show it does a really good job of balancing what time is it for daredevil to come out mm-hmm. and what time is it for matt to come out yeah and it, the same thing happens with karen where karen originally is introduced as this wonderful lovable character mm-hmm. but then she goes down dark alleys yeah. and she always feels that she can't come back from it but then at the end of the day she's one of the few people holding matt to this mm-hmm. world that is causing matt f- from not becoming just a straight vigilante yeah where he can still live in a world where justice can be served the proper way mm-hmm. my only complaint about the series is foggy i do not like yeah. him uh, the actor who plays him, I do not buy it. Okay. Um, also, I have a hard time of breaking him away from Mighty Ducks. Which I actually <laughs> didn't see Mighty Ducks until after this. Wh- Whoa. Wait, yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. And so when I was like, that's foggy. And so like, I don't have that connection. Like he is foggy to me. He will always be foggy because that's that, he's the only character. I. So, so even without Mighty Ducks, yeah. I just didn't like yeah. his portrayal of the character. Um, and I don't know if it was acting or if it was writing. And that was probably my problem is I wasn't necessarily the biggest way of how the character was acted, but also how the character was written. For me, it's mostly the acting. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a couple of lines in season three. To me, Foggy in season three is the best Foggy. Um, Agreed. Versus one and two. Uh, the line where he's in the car with Karen and they're talking about Matt and Karen's like, I can't believe Matt's doing all of this. Like you know, why do you want to, like, call him? Why do you want to depend on him? And Matt, or Foggy goes, every single person has abandoned Matt in his life. I'm not going to be one of those people. And it's just like this cool moment of a character who has been through a lot because of his best friend, and he realizes the best thing to do for his best friend is still stick with him. Yeah. Um, and that, to me, it was that line that actually just changed Foggy for me for season three. Um He's he is the weakest of the main three. Mm, yeah, uh, totally. Yeah, versus Karen and Charlie Cox as as Matt. Matt is, is incredible. Which actually even goes further into this the show is that what it does with its supporting characters and yeah. its villains are so interesting. Fisk is one of the best villains incredible. that we've seen oh. across any medium in a long yeah. time since I would argue the Joker yeah. from the Dark Knight. Yes. but then also how they handled the Punisher or how how they handled. Um, stick or how they handled bullseye uh, bullseye yeah. or yeah. any of these like supporting characters and as much as people don't like Electra, she actually did a good job she of was... being portrayed as Electra. Electra just isn't a good character no she's not so. because she is pulling matt into a world you don't want yeah. him to be a so part she, of she's annoying at yeah points. and it yeah. doesn't have the redeeming qualities that you like to see in say a cat woman yes which or which you do see there um with her interaction with mm-hmm. batman but even more so what they did with the FBI agent in the third season. For both, yeah. Where he... Oh, Nadim? Nadim yeah. is 
awesome. Yes. He is such because a you, cool you hate, character. You hate him at the beginning. Yes. Because you're like, what are you doing? Yeah. You're so stupid. But like, as it goes on, you're like, no, you're just in a bad spot. Yeah. Like, and he... And like he ends on a high note. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing is that yeah. how he goes out is incredible. Yeah, how his story ends because you think is he's incredible. a coward and then, yeah, yeah. And then where there's even moments where with his family where you do get a feeling of like his wife doesn't love him. Yeah, and like you feel really bad, but then you realize that that was all a ploy and that yeah. she truly, truly loves him yeah. and understands what he did and that now. All he wanted was to live in a world where his son had something to look up to and knew yeah. that his father was a good man. Yes. And that even though it would could cost him everything, it was worth it. Yeah. And that now his wife is going to be able to say that to mm-hmm. his son of like, your yeah. father is one of the greatest men that ever lived. Yeah. It was incredible. That and show is so well done. I To the point where one of the last lines said to Fisk, where uh, Fisk is being like, taken away from Vanessa and he's like just let me talk to her one last time and the the detective who's in throughout all the series goes did you give Nadim that last chance and it's like so good of no you are a terrible person you don't get like the privilege to do this because other people you took that tra- chance away from other people yeah um, and then but even then the show does a good job of like at times you feel for Fisk you do at times yeah. you feel for especially Bullseye. the first season yeah, yeah. you feel oh, for even Bullseye. the yeah, yeah even these the villains yeah. of the show you feel for yeah. them and that's what the show does I I'm hundred percent with yeah. you I'm I'm actually a little bummed I didn't even think, <laughs> think of that, about it yeah. honestly and one last thing. It does a better job at showing Punisher than the Punisher TV show. Like Agreed. I even though I, enjoy, I do think the yeah. Punisher TV show is slightly it is actually pretty good. Yes. It just for some reason the from what I have seen and as much as I I've seen you don't get season 2 Daredevil Punisher as much as you do in no. the Punisher TV show. He's a different character. Yeah. And like his his like first interaction where he just wipes out everyone in the bar. Just like and you don't even see him, but you know it's him. And it's just like he kills everyone in there. It's like straight up Punisher. Like well, he is vicious. The reason why he's so great with Daredevil is you see two sides of a coin. Yeah. You see Daredevil and, and you their see rooftop, Punisher. Their rooftop monologue is also is, really And good. then how yeah. they go back and forth. And yeah. that the reason why Punisher is a little bit harder to watch alone is he is the darker side of that coin. Yeah. And that his being allowing uh, allowing to pair him with Daredevil Mm-hmm. You get a really, really interesting yeah. character, and that's the reason why Matt can stand on his own is because he is that good side that people really, truly want to root for, and not necessarily the anger and vengeance that you get with, with the Punisher. Punisher. Yeah, I'm with you. So my numero uno. You're a numero uno. Do you think you can guess my Teenage number one? Ninja Turtles. No. Oh, <laughs> it's not Teenage. It's Dread. Oh, oh. So I can't even think. I don't. Once again, with you and Daredevil. This should have been at least on my honorable mentions. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, so, Dread, um, and I'm specifically talking about the 2012 adaptation. Yes, not the Sylvester Stallone Judge 1995 Dread. Judge yeah. Dread. Yeah. So, Dread, played by Carl Urban, also with Lena Headley. I also yeah. think, you know what's really funny is our list of not quite 10 movies, but if you include honorable mentions, you could play like five degrees and you would <laughs> yeah. be able to get to every one yeah. of, because you would connect like Lena like Headley to, to Chris Evans, Chris to Evans, Alan yeah. Moore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. like these movies, there is very, or yeah. Hugo Weaving, there is a connection yeah. 
to all these movies. Also, the fact that you can connect almost any movie to Scott Pilgrim just yeah. because the amount of oh, so many characters, <laughs> just because the amount yeah. of characters in and it. Actors. Um, but the other idea of where Judge Dredd came from. So mm-hmm. originally, Judge Dredd was a part of a magazine mm-hmm. in England in 1977 that was part of like an anthology. Yes. That the character, the, the character in the world was so interesting that it became its own entity yes that then spawned the the uh 1995 movie with sylvester stallone which i still has a special place in my heart but is very campy and not yeah. the great it's i am the law i i am the law <laughs> uh where i do believe this movie finally fulfills the promise yeah. of what the character is supposed to be and that um the amount of people connected and surrounded to it and that where it tells a really great dread story mm-hmm. but still leaks out world yeah um the world itself which then can open up because the whole movie takes place in one apartment yes. complex yeah and a giant apartment yeah complex, giant but, apartment complex but yeah. i love i always love movies oh, the raid is one of my mm-hmm. favorite movies of all time is yeah. an excellent martial arts same movie concept of, same concept yeah. is start on floor one bad guys on floor the top floor mm-hmm. now you got to fight all their henchmen and yeah. get up there um which i'm all about also i love carl urban and i think he does a really good job as as dread yeah. but then um their ability to dish out law and that's just really cool lines of yeah. like you know you did such and such crimes and i am i am carrying out your your yeah i am the ex- i am the judge the jury and executioner, executioner. Yeah. like in one embodiment yeah. where it's just he's just a walking judge <laughs> yeah. and it's it's so cool i think it's a very interesting story yeah. um but also the people connected to it where uh, the film was directed by Pete Travis. Did you know Pete Dra- uh, Travis uh, directed Endgame? He did? It wasn't the Russo Brothers. No, I'm just There's a 2009 what? movie called oh, Endgame. Oh. That he did, I'm like, that he you're directed. lying to me because I'm pretty sure it's Russo Brothers. So so uh, when I was doing research for Dread and I yeah. was looking up what Pete Travis... Pete Travis also did like Vantage Point and a couple yeah. of other different movies. Interesting movie, Vantage Point. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is a different movie. Fun fact: I traded in Pick of Destiny to get Vantage Point. That's unforgivable. <laughs> I love Pick of Destiny. Well, because I was like, you know, I'm a goody two shoes little boy, and so I got Pick of Destiny for Christmas uh, when I was like 15. Okay, and I knew what it was. Yes, and I went. Uh, I went to my parents. I was like, "You don't want me to have this." Yeah, this is not a movie like, you want is, me to watch. Yeah, and so. Uh, we went to, I think it was Hollywood Video at the time, and we went and traded back in Pick of Destiny, and I got point. a pick of movie. I was like, I saw that movie in the theaters and really liked it, and my mom's a huge uh, Dennis Quaid, mo- Dennis Dennis Quaid, Quaid. Uh, fan, and so I got the movie actually for her, because I was like, you'll really like this, and then she never watched it. You know, you know what's funny is, not to get too far off, yeah. but Vantage Point is a snapshot of a time and place yes. where it had... Uh, Forrest Whitaker, uh, Matthew Fox, um, a whole bunch of different, and this was when Lost was out. So mm-hmm. it like is a snapshot in time where it has a bunch of people that at the time were really famous. It came out in like 2008, yeah. right? But yeah. when you go back now and you look at it, you're like, well, what happened to all these actors? <laughs> all these which, actors is, yeah. which is really funny, but the premise yeah. of the movie is really, fu- but no, when I was doing the research and I yeah. saw he directed Endgame, I thought, okay, that was pretty funny, to, yeah. but it's a different, it's a different movie I was like, with uh, William Hurt and uh, Chueck, 
uh, Chiakwe Iwekafor. The guy from uh, uh, Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange yeah. and then Serenity, 12 Years a Slave, yeah. um, where it takes place in between. Um, it's about a, um African uprising and their negotiation for freedom. Okay. Um, but on top of that, the movie is written by Alex Garland, who wrote 28 Days Later, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Are we talking about Endgame here or Dread? Dread. Okay. Alex Garland wrote Dread. Okay. Um, and then he also wrote 28 Days Later, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. And then he also directed Ex Machina and, and Annihilation. Yeah. And he's a visionary. Ex and Machina you see is a great movie. Ex Machina is really good. Yeah. Annihilation's fine. Yeah. It's it's I it's a visual spectacle. Yes. I think you should go watch it. Yeah. Um, you should read the book because the book is very interesting as well. Um, but the hands that were able to that there was a whole bunch of not yet known people or people that have been a while, around for a while paying their dues and then had a chance with dread where dread itself its budget was like 45 50 million and it made only like 44 at the box office so it barely broke even but which is the saddest thing in the world but the coolest story about it is the only reason why it has legs now and they're actually um, is talks of doing a TV series with yeah. Carl Urban starring as the Dread and it and it falling um, Mile City One, which is the main city mm-hmm. within the story of Dread, is um, because of how well it sold yeah. post release yeah. and that it sold millions and millions of it sold really really well when it came home for release because of word of mouth mm-hmm. of that it went quietly out of theaters and then when it came out people saw it they're like. Oh man, this movie's really good. Yeah. You guys need to go see it. And a ton of people went out and bought it. Yeah. And it's the only reason why it's still given legs. And it's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's yeah. really, really well done. It's a really good one. Well, that's it for our favorite adaptions. Uh, catch us later, later this week with Reel It In. We have a Pokemon episode coming out. Uh, and then Biomodded, where we talk about. Uh, we, I, we just recorded it. And I always. Oh, loot boxes. Uh, our loot and boxes and our. Most anticipated and, games, yeah. upcoming games. So, in the near future. Look forward to those episodes. See ya. Bye.